it's Laura Giles, your host of Modern Animism Radio. Thank you for tuning in and sharing us with others. I know it's hard to be a minority, and animists are a minority. It's hard to think your thoughts and wonder, is there anyone out there who gets what I'm saying? We get it at Pan Society. So if you're feeling like that, keep watching our YouTube videos, commenting on social media so that others who are like us can find us. And come on over to the private Facebook group and reach out there. Share your animist practices, thoughts, and wisdom so that one day we're not such a minority. That's why we're here, to shine a beacon for others like us to find each other and to strengthen our community. Another really important way to strengthen modern animist ideas and community is through service. And that's my topic today, whom do you serve? Before we get to that, let's give gratitude to the elements and ancestors. I want to acknowledge and thank the earth for the harvest that is coming in now that will sustain us through the winter, our homes, our bodies, and all the sensuous delights that make human life worthwhile and so delicious and beautiful. I thank and acknowledge the element of air for the oxygen we breathe, ideas, and the means to communicate, inspire, be detached, intelligent, and words that help us communicate and connect. I acknowledge and thank fire for power, Life, purification, warmth, and reminding us of the need to be responsible with our choices. I thank you for the desire that refuels everything we do. I acknowledge and thank water for reminding us to be flexible, to go with the flow, feel our emotions, go into deep unknown places, and for purification and sustaining our lives. I acknowledge and thank the ancestors from the human, plant, animal, and mineral realms for all that you do that is seen and unseen. It's sometimes not until far later that we realize that we were the beneficiaries of a blessing, and I don't want to neglect saying thanks to those, especially because personally I'm, I'm seeing a lot of that happening. I also want to thank all our listeners for your support and dedication. Our podcasting community continues to grow, so I'm guessing we're resonating with you, and that makes me really happy. You know, we started Pan Society from a place of service. It was about contributing to the people that I was seeing who had some inkling about animism, but not really. And seeing people who really wanted that bone-deep connection to spirit, and not just spirit, but the wholeness of the universe, but didn't really know, maybe didn't even know what that was or how to get it. Um, I I know we have lots of motivations. Acts of service is definitely a love language, but there are other motivations too. And all humans need safety, connection, novelty, to feel worthy, to grow, and to contribute. Pan Society is a way to meet at least the need for significance, connection, and contribution because it's built into our path of sovereignty, connection, and oneness. When we're getting those emotional needs met, we feel whole and happy. The one I want to talk about today is contribution or service. So I'll be talking about whom do you serve and how. You often hear me talk about the many realms. So the human, plant, animal, mineral, and spirit realms. I sometimes don't talk about spirit because it's just kind of um, a given. It's uh, it's in everything, so you don't talk about the obvious. But it's always there, even if I don't specifically say spirit. Uh, But everyone is a part of all of that. And like all our needs, we don't all relate to the same things in the same ways. Some speak to us more than others. So the who of whom you serve is deciding or noticing Um, I don't think you have to decide, really. You probably did that unconsciously a long time ago. It's really more about noticing which realm speaks to you the most. And some people are great gardeners or lovers of plant life. They donate to causes like protect the rainforest, 
or have personal relationships with certain trees. Or maybe they're great herbalists who cultivate plants and use plants for food or medicines. Maybe these people just appreciate the beauty and feel more themselves when they're out among the trees or flowers. It could be that they love taking photos of fields of sunflowers or like grown bonsai trees. If you're a lover of plants, you know how much joy they give you and how much they contribute to the cycle of life. We couldn't live without plants. They give us medicines, food, oxygen, beauty, and wisdom. The system is a self-perpetuating thing. Everything gives to everything else. But as humans, we're taught that we have dominion over everything, and that serves us. Uh, and it's okay to just use people and things for our own purposes. As a modern animist, we need to challenge that and give back. It's the way to get back in the wheel of life and live with the understanding that we're part of everything. That's what the question, whom do you serve, is really meant to do, to get you thinking about what you receive and who and how you'll be a part of sustaining the cycle rather than taking from it and weakening it. We all have to participate and give. When we don't, the system becomes unbalanced, and that's any system, a romantic partnership, a family, a workplace, a school, a government, a garden, car, or the solar system. I know I hear a lot of people complain that their partner doesn't carry his or her own weight. And one of them isn't self-supporting or earns, let's say, 80% of the money, cleans 80% of the messes, cooks 80% of the food, and basically just shoulders so much more of the responsibility of life than the other one. Resentment's going to set in because it's unequal. So I'm not saying that each person has to do exactly 50% of the dishes and make 50% of the money or split the bills 50-50. I'm saying we, when we both feel cared for, we both tend to be happy. And if you have one plant in a garden that sucks up all the sunshine, water, and nutrients, the others are going to wither and die. We usually call that one plant a weed because weeds are experts at thrivings where others don't. But maybe we don't have a use for that plant. Now, I wouldn't say that that's an unequal relationship necessarily. Sometimes you put wrong plants in the wrong environment, and that's why they're dominating because um, we're not respecting their natures or their needs. So that's why uh, Native Americans planted the three sisters together, so corn, beans, and squash. The corn gives the beans something to climb on. The squash gives shades that keeps water from evaporating, and it also keeps the weeds down. And the beans give nitrogen to the soil and fertilize the corn. They also stabilize the corn against the strong winds, and that's really what I'm talking about here when I say whom do you serve. When we work together, everybody benefits. And this goes for plants too. So if you want to serve the plant kingdom, learn about them. Don't impose human desires or feelings on them. I hear a lot of enthusiastic people who talk about planting trees. I think we can all agree that deforestation is an issue and we need more trees in the world. But where you plant them and how you plant them is important. Planting trees with high water needs in the desert isn't a great strategy. You're going to have to water them to keep them alive. And if you plant monocrops, so a whole forest of the same tree or giant swaths of corn, wheat, soy, sugarcane, or high-dollar crops, that's not particularly great either because that's not how nature works. We think of servants as doing what the master tells us to do. We see servants as humble and hardworking. But since we're humans serving the plant, animal, mineral, and spirit realms, well, those things can't talk and say, hey, I'd like to drink of water. We have to do the thinking for them. And since we're not them and don't want to impose our humanity on them, we want them to be just as they are as their natural selves. This means we have to educate ourselves. If we don't, we're not great servants. So just something to think about.
The plants need us because we're over-harvesting, killing things that we think are useless, like weeds, what we call weeds, using toxic pesticides and herbicides and things like this. More and more in tune with nature, nature takes care of itself. It's a self-balancing system. So we have to be mindful in what we eat, plant, cultivate, and that sort of thing. So in that way, you can be a servant to the plant kingdom. So lots of people have pets. I suppose this is how um, many who serve the animal kingdom do it, you know, through their pets. It's a, a directly reciprocal relationship. So we love and care for our pets. They love us and protect us. But there are wild animals, too. There are animals who give us food, clothing, and medicines. We can all serve the animals by making conscious choices about what we eat, how we source our food, what fabrics we use for clothing, and how those are sourced, taking part in growing or procuring our own food so that we know the sacrifice involved for the animals, and learning about wildlife so that we can decide if we want to patronize uh, things like zoos, aquariums, whale-watching tours, or safaris. I'm not going to make a statement on what you should do. That's a sovereignty issue. However, we can make informed choices if we're truly informed. So I would say that it's our duty to understand the impact of our choices, especially the ones we make every day, because we're not going on safari every day. You know what I mean? Um, But we do decide what we're going to eat every day. It's a really good idea to understand the wheel of life in your area. You know, what animals live there? How do each of the animals contribute to the wheel of life? Who do they feed? What do they eat? What unique way do they show up? You know, what are their gifts? We can't really serve what we don't appreciate. So how you give gratitude, how do you give gratitude to something you don't really know? So really a lot of the service thing is getting to know them. I mean, it's like people too. You can't really serve people unless you know them. If you're politically minded, you can join a group that directly helps animals, like a rescue organization, or you could be a veterinary volunteer. I don't even know if they have those things, but I'm just, I don't know, throwing us some ideas out there. Um, You could make it your life's work as well. Lots of people work with animals. Or maybe you could just contribute some money to a cause like Heifer International. That organization came across my awareness because I support people through Kiva. Actually, Pan Society has a Kiva team, and you're welcome to join us. So Kiva is a way that lots of people pull their money to make microloans to others around the world to help with different things like education, starting a business, growing a business, healthcare expenses, or whatever. And then the borrow, borrower pays it back. Um, I just turn around and loan it to someone else, but you could take it out whenever you want. So if you want to join our Kiva team, all you have to do is go to kiva.org and then search Pan Society and Teams, and you'll see us. Then you can help us help others. So with Kiva, I always look for beekeepers to help. I don't always find them because there's not actually a whole lot of them on there. But that's my first uh, go-to is who's a beekeeper and who needs help with their apiary. Uh, I appreciate all the things that honeybees do to keep the world's food supply going. I also have supported a different charity with a pay-it-forward type of food program as a means to build sustainability among the impoverished communities. So each participant gets, I think this is how it works, each participant gets a pregnant animal, and once the animal gives birth, they have to pass along another pregnant animal to someone else. And so in that way, everybody eats, um, and everybody has enough to share. And then the same thing with beekeepers. So first they learn how to care for bees, and once they have their hive up and established and it's ready to swarm, they give a new colony to someone else and teach them. So each one, teach one. 
Um, this way, everyone has honey for themselves, either to sell or to trade for other goods. Now, I know here in the West, we're definitely not at subsistence level, and most of us don't grow probably any of our own food. But there's no reason why we can't at least have chickens. As late as the 1920s, most people raised their own eggs. Did you know that? Even city dwellers. That was not that long ago. Anyway, my point is there's lots of ways that you could serve the animal kingdom. So what about the mineral kingdom? Um, with that, I'm talking about the land, sky, rivers, and what others might call the inanimate parts of life. But, of course, if you're an animist, you know that all of it's alive. So you might uh, be of service by voting responsibly for building projects, energy development, and things like that. Think about the impact of life on the ecosystem. Is this going to damage habitats? How much pollution will it generate? These are the types of things you can think about when considering your energy consumption. How to do things like cook, cool your home, get to work, the products that you use um, that come in containers. You know, how are those containers made? What happens when they're disposed of? If you wear jewelry, and like real jewelry, not costume jewelry, how are those minerals mined? I'm talking golds and the gems, those things. Are they scarce? What's the human impact of the mining? What is the impact on the land? You know, if you're a pilgrim or just a traveler in general, you know, what is the environmental impact of that? Are you starting to see ways that all the realms are connected? And are you starting to see the ways that humans often negatively impact in other realms while the other realms don't really have a negative impact on us? We have the power to make things better or worse for ourselves, our neighbors, future generations, and the world. When we make mindful choices, that lessens that impact. For me, my goal is to leave this world at least at zero, if not in the positive. Or so another way of saying that is that I hope to leave the world a better place than I found it. So, you know, we have a lot of intergenerational trauma, baggage, that crap. I don't want to leave that. I want to leave it clean. So in our neighborhood, we have about a twice-yearly street cleanup. Passers-by throw trash out the window. You think people know better, but they don't. So um, twice a year, our neighbors get together and clean up the main road, and that's one way to serve. So I hope I'm giving you tons of ideas as we're talking about these things, like little things you can do just to help every single day. You know, if you're a protester, protest something. Uh, you could educate someone. You could speak about something that you care about. Even even in conversations, it doesn't mean that you have to, you know, have an audience. The audience of one is a good audience. You can always learn more so that you make more informed choices. So maybe you trade in that jet ski for a stand-up paddleboard. It's up to you how you serve. Nobody can do everything, but if each one of us does something, we're going to be better off a year from now than we are today. And we instill these values in our children, and it gets better and better. Now, there's a human realm as well. Humans have lots of problems with homelessness, child care, child abuse, human trafficking, domestic violence, literacy, poverty, mental illness, hunger, affordable housing, and so much more. Just turn on the news and you'll just hear all the problems all day long. There's a million ways to help humans with big problems and with small random acts of kindness, like letting someone go in front of you in the line or smiling when you don't have to, paying for the person behind you, um, their order in the drive through You don't have to have a reason to be nice. We can all be nicer every day. Or we could champion a cause and make it our way that we show up in the world, either personally or professionally. Again, it pays to know a little bit of something about the problem and the ways that it ripples out into the world. For example, for a long time, 
I mean, the West have tried to resolve monies by throwing or resolve problems by throwing money at them. And we'd say, well, if people just got paid more or if we just spend more money per pupil, the problem would just go away. Fortunately, today, lots of people are looking at what's effective and sustainable rather than looking for money to solve problems. They're looking at the root of the problem rather than focusing on the symptoms, which to me is a, I don't know, maybe this is just me, but I think that's really what animism is about because when you're in the web, you see all these interconnected things and you don't go for just the symptom but the cause. Um, and I think this is what we truly need to help people be the best that they can be. We have to look at how things work within the whole system so that the mind, body, and spirit and all of the realms are included. You can't take away one and from one and not impact the other. Sometimes it's a really simple, elegant solution and sometimes not. But people are as precious a resource as plants, animals, and minerals. Um, we may be the least necessary to the system. I think we are the least necessary to the system, but we're still precious. So you may want to serve humans. I serve humans. That's my population. Um, this could be the people within your own family. I'd say certainly start there if it's healthy enough to relate to them, or even if they're not, if you can do that at a distance. Um, then there's your community, your neighbors, uh, certain or you can, you know, hone in on certain populations like women or minorities. You can help yourself. You're part of the human kingdom, and who's more deserving than you? And you can't serve from an empty vessel, so I'd definitely start with you. I uh, can't believe I didn't say that first. That's sovereignty, you know, sovereignty, connection, and oneness. That's why we, even though it's a circle and it all feeds into the other, that's why we start with sovereignty. Because if you're not good, then then what you're sharing with the world and what you're giving is not going to be as good as it could be. So start with you. And finally, there is the spirit kingdom. Now, I'm sure some will say that spirits don't need us, but things that happen here impact us and things that happen there impact, did I get that right? Things that happen uh, there impact us and things that happen here impact them. That's what I meant to say. So we grow together. And um, you obviously can serve the dead through your prayers, rituals, and remembering their stories, telling their stories, honoring the dead, preparing for your own death and afterlife so that you die well. And there are these lingering spirits um, in some people's houses. Perhaps you want to see if they want help moving on or call someone you know who, who knows how to do that. Or maybe you have a calling to do that type of work. So, you, you know, you learn how to do that. Or maybe um, you do that in some type of work or fashion. Or there, there are people now, I think in old times and in traditional societies, this always existed, but certainly now in the West, you're starting to see death doulas and people who um, help with natural burials. So that's, even though we're talking about living people, it's kind of like that working in that liminal space between the living and the dead. So there's so many different kinds of ways that you can serve the spirits. Um, I do past life regression, which is in a way spirit work. So it could be something like that or house clearings, mediumship, so helping those um, who are crossed over to speak to the living or things like that. So not telling you what to think because, you know, one of the things that we are super careful about, I think, at Pan Society is not saying this is the way, this is the way that you must think. But I think that it's foolish to think that we die and become perfect and leave behind all our humanity. Sometimes there's unfinished business. I've seen too much of that to dismiss it and – Maybe I'll talk about that someday. Um, 
I'm surprised I haven't talked about that, actually, because uh, they're interesting stories. Um, the point is that the spirit world needs us and we need them. And the thread must be maintained and someone needs to serve in that way. It could be you with something as simple as an ancestor altar. I think that's hugely, hugely important. Like in the beginning, I said uh, acts of service are acts of love. When we walk in love, the journey is brighter, more fulfilling, and more connected. So why not serve? You can say that people don't deserve it, and maybe that's true, but it's not about that. It's about reflecting your true self into the world. And if you're a loving person, love. Okay? So the indigenous Quechua people of Peru So there's three things that everybody must do. Love, wisdom, and service. I hope this leaves you inspired to serve from love as well as wisdom and knock out all three. So that's our podcast for this week. Feel free to reach out with your comments, questions, and suggestions. I'm Laura Giles, and if you want to support, you can send your donations online from our website uh, at pansociety.net or buy me a coffee forward slash pansociety. See you next week. Thanks for tuning in. Love to hear how you serve. Ciao.